Joe Tui is executive director of the SPAR Center in Marin. He came to the SPAR Center from SFLGBT Center, where he served as senior director of operations. He has over 30 years experience in nonprofit fundraising, operations, and management. Don't we all? Um, welcome to Alpi Collage, Joe. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, tell us a bit about your background, both professional and personal, if you're comfortable doing so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a Bay Area native, born in, born in Oakland, raised in the East Bay, went to school at Berkeley. And um, then I spent, after working in the dance field in San Francisco for about 10 years, I moved to New York. Spent a good 10 years there working in the arts primarily. And um, after a long career in the arts, I ended up back in California and working for PRC, or Positive Resource Center, which is one of the original aid service organizations in San Francisco. So I was chief operating officer there for about seven years and went through a couple of mergers, grew the organization to about a $30 million budget, um, built a new building, did a whole rebranding, and um, moved on to the SF Center and then on to the SPAR Center. Nice. How long were you at the SF Center? For about six months. Ah, yeah. Yeah, and this opportunity came up and I threw my hat in the ring and it worked out. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Talk a little about the um, SF LGBT Center, if you would. Yeah, um, it's an amazing place. They do a tremendous amount of work with um, homeless youth. That's uh, really amazing. And um, they were just in the process of growing out their cultural programming and arts programming. So I think you'll see a lot more coming from them about that. They have they have a great little theater. It's a great facility. Um, so for our listeners who aren't that familiar with the Spar Center, which used to be known as Spectrum, um, offer us a brief history. Yeah. So the organization in its first incarnation was called Ministry of Light, and it was founded by the Reverend Dr. Janie Spar, who is our namesake. Um, and Ministry of Light became Spectrum LGBT Community Center. It then merged with the Marin AIDS Project, which was also founded by Janie. Um, and when the merger happened, they renamed the organization the SPAR Center in honor of Janie's work. Nice. Great. And, and here I, I, we, here I, we are today. Yes. Talk a bit about Janie. Janie is one of the most amazing people I've ever met. Um, she was a is a Presbyterian minister um, and married with several children in the 70s and then came out as a lesbian and was removed from her post in the church because of that. Um, she spent a lot of time with the um, MCC Metropolitan Community Church in the Castro during the AIDS epidemic, early days of the AIDS epidemic, and ministering to people who were dying and ministering to the community. Um, and she's just one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. Um, she continues to serve as the honorary chair of our board of directors and um, is one of my closest allies and mentors mm. in this new role. Yeah, she's a she's a she's a lovely, lovely person. 
What appealed to you um, most about the SPAR Center and um, how they're serving Marin's queer community? Mm-hmm. You know, I think a big part of it was the HIV programs. Um, I've been HIV positive for 30 years now. And um, that was a big part of obviously what PRC did was serving people with HIV, mental health and substance use uh, disabilities. And so that was something I was looking for in my work. Um, it's something that resonates very deeply with me. Um, additionally, the, pro- the programming that we're doing with youth um, through the schools primarily um, really spoke to me. And um, I feel like it's really essential work um, that we're doing in that arena and creating a really healthy, safe, and vibrant community for our youth. Um, who are coming of age um, in an era that's politically hostile to them. Mm. Increasingly, increasingly hostile. <clears throat> I mean, here in Sonoma County, we rely on a good number of organizations to serve our community. In contrast, the SPAR seems to be a one-stop shop. Um, what are some of the challenges that that um, concept sort of presents yeah, so, I mean, one side of the organization is serving the HIV community, which has very specific health equity needs. The, the other side of the organization is trying to serve as a community center for the entire LGBTQ community. That includes our seniors, our youth, our families, parents and grandparents of trans youth. Um, so it's really casting a very wide net and trying to serve the needs of the entire spectrum of the community. I, I, I get your email, um, you know, a couple of times a month and I, and I love it. I love all the information and I'm always impressed uh, about how many programs and events you have on your monthly schedule. Talk a bit about the programs. I know you sort of categorize them, group them under three mm-hmm. sort of distinct um, titles. Yeah, so the first is our seniors program, and we have a very robust and active group of seniors that we serve. Um, Part of it is social and um, dealing with social isolation. So we do a monthly mixer at uh, San Rafael Joe's, and there's breakfast time and coffee time and learning sessions about learning about things like pronouns and how to how to better interact with our youth um, who have a very different experience that our seniors had as youth. Um, so the senior program, they're bi, bi-weekly, twice-weekly um, Zoom meetings and for social interaction and um, special events that occur on about a quarterly basis, luncheons and uh, dinners, that kind of thing. Then there's our youth programs, and we have what we call our Q groups. And the Q groups are in 10 different schools, two middle schools and eight high schools throughout Marin County. And these are psychosocial groups uh, for, for youth that are led by our clinical interns. So they're led by people who have mental health training and are in training to become therapists. And it also provides some one-on-one counseling in the school setting. And then if there's a need for greater therapy or counseling, we refer them in-house to our mental health program. So it's a, it's sort of a feeder into the mental health program. 
Um, and then there's the family programs, and that's um, primarily parent and grandparents of trans youth that we provide ongoing support groups for. Nice, nice. Yeah, we've. I mean, we've really seen an attack on on trans people and trans youth, uh, especially. You know, sort of your most vulnerable segment of our population. Um, uh, talk a bit about the Spar Center's sort of um, experience um, as far as the growth. The, the, how many more trans folks are they seeing? How many more issues are they seeing? How, what what kind of support are they receiving from their parents and grandparents and families and schools? Um, and what what you all are are doing to help them? Yeah, I think there's been a, a tremendous and measurable growth in um, trans and non-binary youth feeling comfortable enough to come out at a younger age. Um, younger and younger, and um, we're trying to provide the services, as I said, through our Q groups, through uh, support groups that we do in on on site, um, as well as in the schools, um, and to provide that mental health underpinning to everything that we do. So even now, our support groups, which used to be kind of peer moderated, are now being facilitated by clinical interns mm. to provide a little more substantive mental health support in that context. Um, you know, the, the political climate right now is so ugly and so horrifying that everything we can do to support our trans and non-binary youth um, is at the forefront of our efforts. Mm. Um, and we have everything from a lending library. I'd love to have a banned book library. Um, right now, it's it's just books that people have donated, but it's something. Um, and um, like I said, there's the support groups, the parent groups, the grandparents group is amazing. Wow. Um, and um, we're finding that the, the need is, is ongoing for all of that. Mm. I mean, you know, whatever whatever age you are, you're 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 watching the news and and hearing these awful things. And if you mm -hmm. know that you have a trans person in your family in your social circle, circle, you, you've got to be really concerned. You know, you mm -hmm. and and you know, it's best to be kind of spurred into action of of some sort. Yeah. I was speaking with one of the grandparents recently, and she was telling me about her grandchild and how she grew up surrounded by love and support and a family that really gave her everything she needed during her transition. And we were just reminiscing about how that's what we want for everyone, that kind of opportunity and that kind of love and support. And that's not always the case. So everything we can do to counter you know, the prevailing situation that a lot of youth find themselves in, um, in terms of hostility within the home and within the culture at large, um, I think is meaningful. Mm. And you mentioned earlier working with schools. I, I mean, have you found most of them are receptive to discussing these topics, especially um, trans issues? Yeah, so we do our uh, Q groups, which are ongoing, uh, like I said, psychosocial support groups um, in the schools um, to create a safe space, especially for trans and non-binary youth. And we find that the schools are incredibly supportive. 
Um, we also get requests all the time from individual teachers saying, can, you know, I'm doing a wellness class. Can you come talk to my class directly? So, um, and specifically around trans and non-binary youth issues. That's great. That's great. Um, it, 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 is there much talk about, about um, gender issues, even sexual issues, or do you usually leave that up to the schools themselves? You know, I'm not so sure about that. Um, I'm not probably the best person to answer that question. Mm. I, actually, I didn't mean sexual. I meant, I meant like AIDS education. Yeah, we do. We have one of our uh, staff members, Will Bomer, who's been with us for many years. Um, and he's been living with HIV for longer than I have and goes into schools, the jails um, and other institutions. And he's one of our primary kind of HIV storytellers mm. where he brings his personal story uh, to the education environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does an amazing job with youth. Yeah. I mean, how, how advantageous to the community and important to, uh, the SPAR center itself is, is, is your connect, is your sort of melding with, um, Marine AIDS project. Yeah. I mean, that was a real formative, uh, moment in the organization's history. And, um, the great thing is we still have several people from Marin Nates Project on staff, um, sort of the elders of the organization, so to speak. And um, they just bring decades of experience and lived experience to their roles, whether that's with seniors or with our youth or with our families. Mm-hmm. Because HIV infection um, is, is still an issue. It's still a problem it is. for us. In Marin, the issue around HIV infections is uh, located primarily in the Canal District, which is the primarily the Latinx neighborhood in San Rafael. And so we're seeing that that um, kind of explosion of HIV infections is happening in a culturally and geographically specific area. So we're trying to pivot a lot of our programs to help support um, HIV prevention and mental health support for that community. Ah, so you're really reaching out to the Spanish-speaking community. We are. We have a lot of language uh, competency on our staff, um, and we're moving to a new facility that's just adjacent to the Canal District so that we can be in the location that we're trying to serve with the highest need. That's 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 wonderful. That's wonderful. I was wondering. I, I sort of have a concept of what you mean by the canal district, but um, <laughs> so that is that geographically, uh, so um, north northwest Marin. For, it's actually East Marin. East Marin. Okay. East San Rafael. East San so, Rafael. Oh, gotcha. If you know where the Home Depot oh, and Target is, it's sort of in that neighborhood. Gotcha. Along the five, east of 580 and 101. Okay. I see. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. I never. I mean, I've heard Canal District, and, and I've actually been down there, but I've, I've never quite put it together. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what's been the response of the community at the Canal District? I mean, it's sort of mostly industrial is it or the neighborhood we're moving to is a mixed light industrial mixed area so we're we're just adjacent to the canal itself mm-hmm. um 
And we're just starting to pivot our programs. We're working with the Canal Alliance to make sure that we're um, being culturally appropriate and um, transparent in our efforts and to, to leverage their connections within the communities. Mm. Um, there's a lot of work to do around mental health support and HIV. Um, we have an opioid prevention program and a youth suicide prevention program, both of which have mm. strong Latinx components to them. So we have different areas that we're trying to make inroads into the community. Um, and But in general, kind of refocusing our approach mm. um, in that geographic area. Nice. Thank you for bringing up suicide. I mean, I, I, I've read a few times just recently that the, the suicide rate in this country is the highest it's been since World War II which is it appalling. Is. It I mean, is. And the suicide rate uh, amongst LGBT youth and particularly trans youth is much higher than the standard uh, population. Mm, yes, of course. Mm. Um, and and what, what, about, what about homeless youth, homeless LGBT folks? Do, do you have a program that um, it addresses that? Yeah, we have a harm reduction program that serves the homeless population, the unhoused population in uh, throughout Marin County, primarily San Rafael and some parts of Novato. Um, it's harm reduction, so it's syringe access, Narcan distribution, um, opioid prevention programs, and um, it's primarily unhoused individuals that we're serving through that program. There's some youth, I think it's not as severe um, a youth population pro problem as it is say in the city in San Francisco, but um, I think that we're primarily serving adults through that program. Mm -hmm. um, what, 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 what sort of, what, what other um, uh, national or international LGBTQ centers do you all at the SPAR Center uh, look at, you know, perhaps mm -hmm. borrow, <laughs> beg, yeah. borrow and steal, let's say, um, from? Yeah, I mean, there's the big, the biggest centers are in New York and Los Angeles. Um, and those are really large, really urban centers. We tend to look more towards like Sacramento. We just did a visit up mm. there with Sacramento and they had just purchased their own building. Um, right in the LGBT downtown area. Oh, nice. Um, so they have this amazing building. They've gone through dramatic growth and change in the last three years. So I kind of view us as where they were three years ago. So we're right on the cusp of a lot of growth and expansion. Mm -hmm. And we, we sort of use them as a model. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, they're really struggling. Um, all nonprofits are sort of struggling. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we don't have a specific, we don't have a LGBTQ center here in, in Sonoma. And, you know, we've sort of been working on it for decades. Um, and, and you know, it's it's surprising when you look at how few of them, how few centers, especially in this country, have been around for, for decades like you all have, uh, 40 plus years, which is, which is uh, quite, quite um, impressive. Um, what what advice could you sort of give to queer communities who are thinking about forming an LGBTQ mm -hmm. center? 
Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I was just at the Centerlink conference, which is the National Association of LGBT Centers. Um, and I met an amazing gentleman who runs the center in Visalia. So there are centers in small, you know, rural areas. I know there's one in San Luis Obispo. There's one in Visalia. Um, so they can thrive and survive in smaller, more, less urban areas. Um, in terms of advice, I'd say know your audience and um, be really clear about what kind of services you can provide. Um, yeah, I'm kind of new to this still. I'm, I'm only seven months into the job here. So, um, you know, I, I'm still getting my, my arms around you know, how an LGBT center runs and functions and, and what the critical components of that are. So ask me in another year and I'll have more advice for you. <laughs> well, it's very different. You know, we're, we're of an age where it was sort of easy to gr get a grasp on your queer community because we all went to clubs and we, you know, there were lots mm -hmm. of things where we saw folks and met folks and, and, and it's not the same here. Folks rely so much mm -hmm. on, on the internet for, for their information, for social connections, um, both negative and positive aspects of that. Of course, we're all aware of, um, but I, I can see I can see it's really changing. But it's amazing how the need the need is there. I mean, for example, at Positive Images, they have an adult they have an adult um, meeting that's just once a month. Um, and 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 I was taking someone there, um, uh, accompanying someone there, and uh, I was chatting with with one of the the facilitators and. I said, oh, my God, they're they're You know, I can't believe there are 40 people here. She's like, oh, this is nothing. You know, pre-COVID, it would be like 60, 70. And I thought, wow, you know, th wow. there's a segment that's kind of we're missing. Right. You know, there were folks mm -hmm. there are folks my age, but, you know, mostly mostly younger. But but, you know, from from mid 20s to, you know, 50s, 60s, you know, um, you know, what's interesting is that's the group that we're missing in our support groups. So we have a lot of youth programs, a lot of senior programs, and we haven't figured out quite yet what the community needs um, in the adult range. Right, right. Yeah, that, that adult range. Because, you, you know, some, some folks have partners, some folks don't. So, you know, probably people are feeling very isolated, I mean, especially mm -hmm. after COVID. Um, and especially in counties where we live that are kind of far flung, you know, there's, mm -hmm. you've got, you know, you've got San Rafael, we've got, we've got Santa Rosa here, but of course, you know, we've got folks at the river, we've got folks, you know, mm -hmm. Petaluma, you know, and all sorts of sort of rural, not semi-rural, rural at some points, parts of the community. Um, and, and Marin isn't much different. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of, uh, of our seniors are out in West Marin, uh, which is very rural um, in parts and very isolated. So we actually bring one of our uh, monthly, I think it's twice a month, groups meets in, at the San Geronimo Center in West mm. Marin. Um, and that's usually a full house. Wow, wow. So... Um... Do you have, do you have a sense of how many how many folks the Spar Center serves number wise? Yeah, last year we served about eighty three hundred folks. Wow. 
And a lot of that is the harm reduction. A lot of that is the unhoused population. And because we do almost daily uh, syringe access runs and we're out in the field so much um, that we're, we're hitting a lot of unduplicated clients through that program. Mm-hmm. Um, our HIV program serves about 580 people a year. Uh, which is quite a large percentage of the HIV population in Marin. It's almost 100%. Oh, wow. Um, I think there's 650 HIV-positive people in Marin from the last numbers I've seen, Uh, and we're serving almost 600 of them. So um, I know we've got probably about 400 seniors a month that we see, and um, quite a large mailing list for families and uh, seniors in particular. Nice, nice. Um, so, are, are there other are there other sort of uh, queer nonprofits in Marin that you work with, or is it just the Spar Center? As far as I know, it's just the Spar Center. <laughs> That's well, that that makes it easy for your journalists yes. <laughs> and your media. Um, I I get lots of emails from people <laughs> from organizations. <laughs> Um, nice. Um, so talk a bit about your staff. Um, you know, I, I, I know you, you, you've had, you mentioned that you've had some folks from the Marin's AIDS project who have been around from almost mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, t- talk a bit about some of the, the superstars you've got there at the Spar Center. Yeah, we've got a really amazing group. Uh, my chief program officer's name is, uh, Hanatu Taliadis. And he came from an organization called Aguilas in the city, which is an HIV organization serving the Latinx community. Um, And he has brought in um, a lovely person named Pamela Chavez, uh, who's our community. Whoops. Restart that sentence. Um, He's brought in Pamela Chavez, who's our community outreach director. Um, Again, Spanish-speaking um native to the bay area as well as myself uh we actually grew up in the same town um and um everyone from dominic cario who's our new uh training institute director who'd been working in our food pantry uh we've we've made two promotions recently dominic as well as uh justice allred who is our new harm reduction director um and an amazing HIV client services team. Uh, Maria Camacho has been here for a dozen years, uh, back to Marin AIDS Project, um, and a new uh, HIV case manager named Emily Sims, who's worked in the area for years. Um, the first person most people see is Lauren Benjamin, who's our client services coordinator, and she handles everything from uh, medical transportation vouchers, to emergency financial assistance requests um, and um, any immediate needs that people present when they come into the building. Mm, mm. So it's an amazing group. Um, a lot of us are fairly new, uh, which is nice. There's a great sense of camaraderie and purpose and a real focus on the mission and serving the community. That's great. Do you rely on a team of volunteers also? We do. We have a tremendous group of volunteers um, for our harm reduction program in particular uh, who come in on a weekly basis and put together all the harm reduction kits and hygiene kits uh, that we distribute to the community. Mm, Nice. 
Um, so you, you find most of the unhoused folks are there in, in the canal area? Um, there are very specific areas that uh, house people. Um, some of the, most of them, I think, are in San Rafael. There's some in Nevado in particular, mm. certain areas. I'm not that familiar with the geography, so again, Justice would be able to tell you really specifically uh, where and how they reach people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's such a huge problem. You know, people people sort of when they think of homelessness, they think of San Francisco or the big cities. And you know, I, I live in Sonoma and I see unhoused folks uh, quite often, um, and 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 certainly in in every single part of of this county. So you know, it's. It, it it's a national problem you know uh, other uh, other folks can can more easily ignore it you know luckily we've got a governor who's who's really concerned about it and taking action um talk talk about working with um local cities and and the county and how supportive they are of the spar center what sort of assistance they provide you know i'm sure there's funding from from those resources yeah the county of marin is our biggest funder and our strongest partner in everything we do um so we are the ryan white part a provider for marine county ryan white is the federal hiv funding mechanism so we're we partner with Marin Community Clinics. They get what's called Part B Ryan White funding, which is the more clinical services. So mm. we do case management, food pantry, medical transportation, emergency financial assistance, those kinds of non-clinical supports. Uh, so that money comes through the county. As well, we get what's called PEI funding, which is prevention and early intervention through the behavioral health department. Behavioral Health and Recovery Services Department. Um, so at every turn, we are partnering hand in hand with the county, mm. um, and it's predominantly the Health and Human Services Division mm. of the county where our funding comes through. Um, we have great relationships with the cities. San Rafael. Um, we actually have a the city manager of San Rafael is on our board of directors, and. Um, we're starting a new civic advisory committee um, of LGBTQ allies and members of the community to form an advisory committee for us. And so we're reaching out to different uh, cities and uh, have talked to people from Nevada and San Rafael and Sausalito uh, to bring that group together to provide support around advocacy for us in general. Um, we don't get a lot of direct funding from cities uh, but I think those relationships um, can be developed. Mm. Um, do, I know there, you know, the census came up with figures about Sonoma County having one of the highest percentage of sort of um, coupled uh, queer folks um, uh, per capita. Any sense of how many queer folks are are in Marin County? You know, I don't have numbers for that. Um, you know, anecdotally, I would say most of the people, I've, many of the people I've met here are in partnerships or marriages. Um, that does seem to be uh, pretty prevalent, but um, we have a lot of singles in our senior group. I know that. So um, people 
people who are aging alone and um, don't have a partner to rely on for like medical transportation, that kind of thing, and getting to and from doctor's visits. And um, so we try to step in and, and support them in those areas. Yeah, I was just reading the, the you know, the Williams Institute and in, I think it's UCLA. They they, they do these in, in incredible mm-hmm. studies and they just released some information about, of course, California has the most queer folks, but the percentage is, is kind of average. I think it was 5.1%. When you look at like other kind of crazy cities you never think about, like Columbus, Ohio, where it's all, you know, there, there, there are these, there, there are states and, and cities where it's over 7%. So, um, of course, but the numbers here in, in California are, are you, you know, of course, in the millions. Um, and, and we, you know, there's, there's a lot of work to do to be done with, with our full sort of spectrum of the, of the, uh, queer rainbow. And, uh, you all, you all are doing amazing a job. You're, you've got like two weeks left for your fundraiser. Talk a bit about that. And you're calling it our future. It, it, our future is Marin possible. Yeah. So, um, you know, the SPAR Center has been through a rough year financially. Um, we had a major revenue stream. It was a pharmacy program that we lost um, quite a bit of revenue from. Um, and that program has been reinstated and will start again in, in January. But until then, we're, we're running on fumes, so to speak. Oh, no. So, this was a way to really engage the community and to use a peer-to-peer approach. Uh, so we're relying on volunteers and staff members and board members to activate their networks and raise money for the SPAR Center. And last year we raised $90,000 uh, for a year-end campaign. And this year the goal was 150000 And we're more than halfway there. We've got a couple more weeks. So we're really hoping that people will uh, look into their hearts and open their wallets and support the SPAR Center. We have, like I said, a ways to go to reach the goal. Um, and, you know, this was a way to really envision the future of Marin um, as a place where every LGBTQ person can feel at home and can feel safe and can thrive. Nice. And, and it's that time of year you, you feel like giving, of course, I'm sure you agree. No, no amount is too small. Every every, every dollar helps. Um, how do folks go about making a donation? Uh, the easiest way would be good to go to our website, which is thesparcenter.org. And I believe there's a pop-up window right when you land on the website that'll take you to the donation page. Great, great. So your your executive director, what is the future of the Spar Center? You know, the future of the SPAR Center is very bright. Um, It's very exciting. With our move to the new building, which will happen right after the first of the year, uh, we'll have a a bigger space, a more welcoming community center kind of vibe to it. Um, Right now, we we have very limited facilities in terms of what we can do with community Mm. groups um, and bringing people into the space. So we're really hoping to create that kind of uh, location for people to come to. 
Um, we're seeing a big expansion, in, like I said, in our youth suicide prevention programs, our substance use prevention and directing people to treatment um, and uh, continuing to serve the needs of our seniors and our youth and uh, our families. Nice. Um, so you're, you're moving January 1st? January 2nd, we start the move. So we'll be working remotely that week while they do the actual move. And we'll be back open on January 8th. Great. The, the new location, which is 1575 Francisco Boulevard East. Perfect. So, and folks are welcome to drop in and, and say hello. They are. Uh, give us a week or two to get unpacked. <laughs> absolutely. Or, 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 or come with your packing gloves on. Yes. <laughs> Unpacking. Unpacking gloves. <laughs> great, great, great. Joe, great meeting you. Best of luck to um, you all there at the SPAR Center. And of course, you as an executive director. Um, wonderful talking to you. Please come back whenever you have anything to say. You know, rattle my cage. I, I look forward to those um, those great newsletters. So informative as well as, um, uh, you know, a nice calendar of what's going on. You, you, you always sort of address an issue that that uh, queer folks in Marin are, are, are um, focusing. I meant to ask you about that, but we're a little out of time. So next time, um, give us the email address one more time or the uh, uh, website address one more time. It's www.thesparcenter.org and SPAR is spelled S-P-A-H-R. <laughs> very good. Thesparcenter.org. Very good, very good. Happy holidays to you and best of luck with the fundraising and best wishes for 2024. Thank you, same to you. All right, good night, Joe. Good night, thank you. <laughs>